Praise the Lord. It's time to look to the word of the Lord. Nice prayer by Pastor Jen tonight. I don't mind a lead in from the Holy Ghost. I trust our hearts are open tonight and we'll listen and really hear what the Holy Spirit wants to say into every life. Let's begin with Isaiah 41, the title tonight, Threshing Mountains. Isaiah 41, 14 to 16. Fear not, you worm Jacob, you men of Israel. I will help you, says the Lord and your Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel. Behold, I will make you into a new threshing sledge with sharp teeth. You shall thresh the mountains and beat them small and make the hills like chaff. You shall winnow them, the wind shall carry them away, and the whirlwind shall scatter them. You shall rejoice in the Lord and glory in the Holy One of Israel. Verse 15, behold, I will make you a new threshing instrument. Let's look at the King James Version. Behold, I will make thee a new sharp threshing instrument having teeth. Thou shalt thresh the mountains and beat them small and make the hills as chaff. You should be shouting by now. The Lord wants to make you into something mighty and powerful so you can thresh mountains and that you can thresh hills. The imagery that's involved here is that of the ancient threshing sled. The, it's a, it was a drag, it was a platform, a threshing sledge that was pulled over, drawn by oxen, pulled over piles of sheaves in order to separate the wheat from the chaff and from the straw. The threshing sledge, the threshing instrument, has one purpose, to gain harvest, to gain increase, to gain the future, to be able to seed the future, to be able to see fruit in the future. The threshing sledge has that purpose of harvest, and we have an incredible promise from God. God says, I want to make you into a sharp threshing instrument having teeth so that you can thresh mountains and you can thresh hills and you can gain increase for the Lord of all the earth. Thresh the mountains, mountains and hills. Mountains and hills speak of greater and lesser obstacles and difficulties. Mountains of fear, mountains of difficulty, mountains of debt, mountains of the rubble of the past, hills of discontent, hills of anxiety, mounds of oppression, hills of pride that are in our lives and in people, hills of wrong behavior and unrefined character. God says, I want to take you and I want to make you into a new sharp threshing instruments that you can take care of your mountains and your hills and maybe some other people's too and bring forth the increase of the Lord in all the earth. We may feel like a worm. We know how unable we are in ourselves to affect change and transformation and affect true and lasting spiritual reformation but our help is in the name of the lord our help is in our redeemer the holy one of israel and when the work is done when god has used us and we offer ourselves as this threshing instrument we will rejoice in the holy one of god and we will rejoice in the savior our redeemer 
I like the message paraphrase. Do you feel like a lowly worm, Jacob? Don't be afraid. Feel like a fragile insect, Israel? I'll help you. I, God, want to reassure you, the God who buys you back, the Holy One of Israel. I'm transforming you from worm to harrow, from insect to iron. As a sharp-toothed harrow, you'll smooth out the mountains, turn those tough old hills into loamy soil. You'll open the rough ground to the weather, to the blasts of sun and wind and rain, but you'll keep, be confident and exuberant, expansive in the Holy One of Israel. It's time to thresh mountains. It's time to thresh hills. Beat them small as the chaff of the earth. What kind of mountains does the Bible speak of? Well, there are a number, but I'll give you just a few tonight. Mountains of enemy oppression. Mountains of discouragement, any enemy oppression that come upon people's lives. It's like there's a negative spirit that looms against them, and we're fighting this at times. We sometimes call it the spirit of heaviness. It tries to loom up in our landscape, maybe sometimes every week. Maybe you're facing a mountain of enemy oppression, strong battle in your life. Matthew 17 and verse 14 Bible says, and when they had come to the multitude, a man came to Jesus, kneeling down to him and saying, Lord, have mercy on my son, for he is an epileptic and suffers severely, for he often falls into the fire and often into the water. Now, sometimes ep epilepsy is simply a physical condition, but in this case, it was a demonic affliction. He often falls into the fire and into the water. So, I brought him to your disciples, but they could not cure him. Then Jesus answered and said, O faithless and perverse generation, how long shall I be with you? He said, I've got to leave. You've got to pick up the work. Notice he didn't say, O faithless and perverse disciples. He talked to them later, but right now he said, O faithless and perverse generation. How long shall I be with you? How long shall I bear with you? Bring him here to me. And Jesus rebuked the demon, and it came out of him, and the child was cured from that very hour. Oh, faithless and perverse generation. Think of it. A father that couldn't drive the devil off his own son. And the people around him weren't much better. Where were their weapons of war? Jesus tells us a few verses later that that generation was weak in prayer. It was weak in fasting, and therefore it was weak in faith and weak in power. Verse 19, then the disciples came to Jesus privately and said, why, why could we not cast it out? So Jesus said to them, because of your unbelief, for assuredly I say to you, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, this mountain of enemy oppression, this demonic affliction. If you have faith as a mustard seed, all you need is a simple, single word from God. You will say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move, and nothing will be impossible for you. However, this kind does not go out except by prayer and fasting. Some warfares are stronger than others. Thresh the mountains. 
enemy oppression, affliction, a negative spirit, a spirit of heaviness that plagues your life or plagues your family. Thresh the mountains and beat small the hills in the name of the Lord. He says, I'm making you into a new, sharp, threshing instrument. And let's receive that into our spirit tonight. What about the mountain of fruitless activity? Mark chapter 11, 12 to 14. The mountain of fruitless activity. Now the next day when they had come out from Bethany, Jesus was hungry. And seeing from afar a fig tree having leaves, he went to see if perhaps he would find something on it. When he came to it, he found nothing but leaves, for it was not the season of figs. In response, Jesus said to it, Let no one eat fruit from you ever again. And the disciples heard it. Verse 20. Now in the morning as they passed by, they saw the fig tree dried up from the roots. And Peter, remembering, said to him, Rabbi, look, the fig tree which you cursed has withered away. So Jesus answered and said to them, Have faith in God. For assuredly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, Be removed and be cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. Therefore I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them, and you will have them. Whoever says to this mountain, that fig tree represented a mountain. The mountain of fruitless activity. Now Jesus came to this fig tree. The Bible says it wasn't the season for figs, but this fig, was, fig tree was ahead of schedule. It already had leaves when the other fig trees in the countryside or the place where he was were not yet producing. They had not yet brought forth leaves. You know how it is. You can have a microclimate, maybe in your very own yard, and some plants and trees are far ahead of others. And that's how it was here. It wasn't yet the season for figs. The normal fig trees were not yet producing. But this fig tree in this microclimate, wherever it was situated, already had leaves. And if a fig tree has leaves on it, you would expect there would be fruit. And so Jesus went to it and found there was nothing. He said, let no man eat from you from here on. If you have faith in God, you can say to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea. The mountain of fruitless activity. A tree that once bore fruit, but now bore fruit no longer. Applying this in a certain way tonight. A fig tree that brought forth fruit, but now was fruitless. And it speaks in our lives of those things that we go back to that now no longer bear fruit for us. Some entertainment, some addiction, some behavior, some conversations. Fruitless things that no longer bring forth life. And we can go back to that tree time and time again and every time we walk away empty. And Jesus said, listen, deal with that fruitless fig tree. Speak to it. Speak to it, get a word from God, speak to it, curse it, 
so that it'll wither and die and never bother you again forever. The mountain of fruitless activity. I know the Lord is dealing in our hearts and dealing in the body of Christ. There is much fruitless activity. There is more time spent on internet news than there is in the Word of God, in the pages of the Bible. Speak to some of that fruitless activity. Speak to some of that fruitless entertainment. Speak to some of those meaningless conversations that always end up the same way and say, in the name of Jesus, I say to this mountain, be thou removed and be cast into the sea. I'm not going to eat from you ever again. We can curse those mountains and thresh them and have victory and liberty. Zechariah 4, 6-7. So he answered and said to me, this is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel. Zerubbabel was the leader of the people of God at that time. Not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. Who are you, O great mountain? Before Zerubbabel you shall become a plain, and he shall bring forth the capstone, the finishing stone, the final stone put into the building, with shouts of grace, grace to it. Who are you, O great mountain? This is the mountain of satanic resistance to the work of God. The opposition to the building of the church, the growth of the church, the increase of the kingdom, the enemy there to oppose the word, to oppose the work of God. But Jesus said, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Jesus said, Zerubbabel, people of God, it's time you started dealing with that mountain of satanic resistance. You feel that pressure of the enemy. You feel that push against you. He said, I want you to begin to speak to that mountain. Who are you, great mountain? Before Zerubbabel, you will become a plain. And he'll bring forth the capstone with shouts of grace, grace unto it. By the grace of God, we'll finish the building. Lord says, I want you to thresh mountains. I want you to bring down the hills. I want to make you into a new, sharp threshing instrument, having iron teeth sharp to go across the grain, to go across the mountains, to go across the oppositions and bring them down so that I can have a kingdom and an inheritance, an advancement, a new threshing instrument. So we see there are mountains in the Word of God, and some of these, like I've mentioned tonight, a mountain of enemy oppression, gloom, and negativity, a mountain of fruitless activity, things that just don't produce for you. The Lord says you can bring them down so they won't plague you ever again. Mountain of satanic resistance to the church, to the provision, to the finances, to the advancement of the gospel. The Lord says I need warriors. I need men and women who are going to be a new sharp threshing instrument and are going to speak and are going to declare and say to the mountains, come down and be removed and there will be a plain and there will be a way made for the work of the Lord. Number one tonight, Stay sharp in the Spirit. Stay sharp in the Spirit. Maintain a sharp spirit in God. Romans 6, 4 says, Therefore we were buried with him through baptism into death, that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk 
in newness of life. This is the will of God, that we walk in newness of life. The word here in the Greek is kainos, meaning ever new in quality, ever green, ever fresh, unending life. The Lord has destined for us that we should walk in newness of life. The Bible speaks of believers Book of Hebrews, Isaiah, other places that became dull. Believers that became dull. Dull of hearing, dull of doing, dull in their passion for the Lord, dull in their worship. And there's a call on God that we would sharpen up in our spirit and stay strong and stay mighty in his presence. That we would overcome the dullness, become the overcome dullness in our efficiency for God, and carry the Spirit of the Lord. Ephesians 4:23 says, and be renewed, be made new in the spirit of your mind. It doesn't say your brain, it says your mind, your mindedness. Be renewed, be made new in the spirit of your mind. So we ask ourselves tonight, is, is my, the spirit of my mind new? Is it fresh? Is it alive? Because it can grow dull and we can get discouraged and we can get weary with the things of life. But the Lord says, I want you to be renewed in the spirit of your mind. 2 Corinthians 4, 16. Therefore, we do not lose heart. Even though our outward man is perishing, Yet the inward man is renewed day by day. It doesn't say the inward man is renewed once a week. When you come to church on Sunday, the inward man has to be renewed day by day. I love Psalm 92. Maybe it's because I'm moving on in my years. It says, even in old age, they shall be full of oil and green. The marginal of my Bible says, even in old age they shall be full of oil, full of the Spirit, and green, flourishing, to show that the Lord is upright. He is my rock, and there is no unrighteousness in him. Maintain a sharp spirit in God. Let's take care of ourselves. Take care of the spirit of our mind. Let's take care of our word of God in our heart. Let's renew our minds always by the Spirit of the Lord and make sure we, we maintain and remain a new, sharp, threshing instrument for the Lord. Number two, go after the harvest. Go after the harvest. Now, I'm dealing first with the natural harvest of a person's life of reward. Proverbs 10:5 says, He who gathers in summer is a wise son. He who sleeps in harvest is a son who causes shame. We know it's harvest time. It's harvest time in our lives. It's harvest time in the kingdom, in the earth. The Bible says, he who sleeps in harvest is a son who causes shame. I don't think any one of us want to cause shame to our father, do we? So we must be about our father's business, and we must be diligent, and we must be filled with the zeal of the Lord. Ruth chapter 2, 2 and 3. 
But first, let me bring in Ruth 2.12. There was a promise given to this young lady, a young adult who'd lost her husband and now had come to a new land. Ruth 2.12, the word of the Lord to her was, The Lord repay your work, and may a full reward be given you by the Lord God under whose wings you have come for refuge. We've come under the wings of the Lord. We've come under his protection and care. We've come under his provision. The Bible says, may a full reward be given you by the Lord God under whose wings you are come to trust. Well, let's look at Ruth chapter 2, verses 2 to 3. So Ruth the Moabitess said to Naomi, please let me go to the field and glean heads of grain after him in whose sight I may find favor. And she said to her, go, my daughter. Then she left and went and gleaned in the field after the reapers. And she happened to come to the part of the field belonging to Boaz, who was of the family of Elimelech. Ruth said, let me go to the field and glean heads of grain. Pick up stalks of grain, the few stalks of grain lying here and there on the ground. Verse 15, And when she rose up to glean, Boaz commanded his young men, saying, Let her glean even among the sheaves, and do not reproach her. Also let grain from the bundles fall purposely for her. Leave it that she may glean, and do not rebuke her. So she gleaned in the field until evening and beat out what she had gleaned, and it was about an ephah of barley. Ruth the Moabitess, a gleaner in the field. Ruth had just come out of the land of Moab, which represents the world. She was all alone. She had nothing. She only knew one person in the land of Israel, and that was her mother-in-law with whom she had traveled. Talk about mountains before her, mountains of need, mountains of loneliness, mountains of sorrow. Her husband had passed away as a young bride. Came to the land of the Lord. She came to the house of God. She came to Bethlehem, Judah, the house of bread and praise. She put her trust in the living God. Said, I've come under the wings of the Lord God of Israel. I've come under the wings of Yahweh. I've come under the wings of Jehovah. He's not like the gods of the nations. He's a God who brings life to his people and blesses his people. She said, let me go to the field and be a gleaner. She started out as a gleaner. In Israel there was, by the commandment of the word of God, the law of the gleaner. It was the provision for the poor, that those who had need, that those who had nothing, no occupation, no livelihood, no vocation, that they could go out into the field after the reapers and pick up the few little stalks that were left behind that had fallen through the bundle somehow. Those reapers were very thorough as they went through the field. But here came the gleaners, and Ruth was one. Now some people would have been too prideful, perhaps, to go and glean in the field. I don't want anybody to know that I have need. I don't want anybody to know that I'm poor. But not Ruth. She was humble, filled with gratitude. She was glad to have a job, even though it was what we'd call minimum wage. She didn't despise it. She was thankful. She thanked God for it. I mean, gleaning was hard work. 
because there wasn't an abundance on the ground. And it was wearisome, and it was backbending. Pick up a little stalk of grain that had fallen on the ground, put it in your arm, walk a few steps, bend down, take another, bits and pieces all day long. And that's how Ruth worked. But she was so thankful to have a job. She was so thankful to be born again. She was so thankful to belong to Jesus Christ. She said, I'm going to serve and I'm going to be diligent. I'm not going to despise the day of small beginnings. And she gleaned in the field. And as she gleaned, she gathered some grain. And as she was so diligent and she had such a good spirit, somebody noticed her. And that somebody was the Lord of the harvest, Boaz. There's only one Lord of the harvest that's above all other, and that is Jesus Christ our Lord. The Lord God of heaven looked down. The Lord of the harvest looked on her. And he said to, his, he said to the Holy Spirit, the servant said over the reapers, he said, Holy Spirit, you're down there in the field. Who is this damsel? Who is this young lady? And the Holy Spirit said, oh, that's Ruth, the Moabitess. She's come under the refuge of the God of heaven. Boaz said, Jesus said, tell the reapers to start dropping some handfuls of grain behind them on purpose. And all of a sudden, Ruth was experiencing little miracles here and there. And soon she got a promotion. And soon she came out of her poverty into the blessing and the reward of the Lord. And she was never poor again. And she was never impoverished again. In fact, God gave her a family. God gave her a home and an everlasting inheritance in Israel and in the kingdom of God. It's time to do some threshing. Go after the harvest. Go after the harvest. Thresh some mountains. Thresh some mountains of difficulty. Thresh some mountains of loneliness. Thresh some mountains of poverty. Say, Lord, you guide me in the earth. Fill my hands. Let some handfuls fall on purpose. I want to see the miracles of the Lord. I want to pick up the miracles of the Lord and rejoice in the Lord. I say, may the Lord God of heaven repay every one of you in your work and may a full reward be given to every one of you and to your sons and daughters and to your children's children under the name and under the blessing of the Lord God of heaven under whose wings you have come to trust. The Lord God is a sun and shield. No good thing will he withhold from those who walk uprightly. Go after the harvest. Go after reward for your life. Go after increase in the earth. Take the gleaning jobs. Take the simple jobs. Take the menial jobs. Take the jobs other people don't want. They all start as a gleaner. But I know my God. He's going to start dropping handfuls on purpose. He's going to start leading me. I'm going to walk out into his blessing and his abundance in my life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. What a Savior we have. I will make you a new sharp threshing instrument. You shall thresh the mountains and beat them small. You shall make the hills as chaff. And you will see the increase in the gain of the Lord. 
Final point tonight, number three, go after souls. Go after souls. I must be about my father's business. Everything else we have to do in life, our duties and our jobs and our responsibilities, nothing is more important than going after souls because everything else we're going to leave behind. Our houses and our vehicles and everything else will turn to dust and ashes in the great day of the Lord. But one thing that will go through to eternity are the souls of men and women, people we've prayed for, people we've brought to Christ, people we've discipled, people we've encouraged and built up in the name of the Lord. Go after souls. Let's thresh some mountains. Mountains of enemy opposition, mountains of darkness, mountains of ignorance concerning the Word of God. It's a day to thresh, says the Lord. Ruth 2.9, ply it spiritually. Let your eyes be on the field which they reap and go after them. Let your eyes be on the field. Jesus said the field is the world. Let your eyes be on the field. I rejoice in the salvations. I rejoice in the harvest time. In the house of the Lord, people coming to the altars, people getting baptized. There's nothing greater than to see people come to Jesus Christ and receive forgiveness of sins and eternal life. Jesus said in John 4, 35, Do not say there are still four months, and then comes the harvest. Behold, I say to you, lift up your eyes and look at the fields, for they are already white for harvest. And he who reaps receives wages. Hallelujah. He who reaps receives wages. The Lord said the worker is, is worthy of his wages. And he who re reaps receives wages and gathers fruit for eternal life, that both he who sows and he who reaps may rejoice together. Jesus is saying don't procrastinate. Don't put it off. Say, oh, maybe sometime I'll tell somebody about the Lord. Maybe sometime I'll witness. Maybe sometime I'll, I'll open a conversation about Jesus Christ. Jesus said, don't say there's four months. The fields are ripe and they're ready now. They're ripe and they're ready now. Matthew 9, 35, then Jesus went about all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. But when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion for them. His spirit yearned because they were weary and scattered like sheep having no shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest truly is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore pray the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. The harvest is plentiful. The people are as sheep without a shepherd. When you talk to them, they're weary and they're scattered. They're cursing and they're bitter. They're negative against life. They have no answers. Grasping for this and grasping for that, wondering what's going on, confused, without understanding. They do not have the knowledge of God. They do not have the knowledge of the Scriptures. Weary and scattered, Jesus moved with compassion. Said the harvest truly is plenteous, the labors are few. Therefore pray the Lord of the harvest to send out labors into his harvest. Listen, we don't, 
need more good ideas. We need more God ideas. We don't need planning meetings as much as we need prayer meetings. We don't need loiterers. We need laborers. Pray the Lord of the harvest to raise up laborers. Pray the Lord of the harvest to raise up skilled workers. Pray the Lord of the harvest to raise up shepherds and teachers and workers. People who can glean. People who can get the grain. Evangelists. People that carry the gospel. The hour is late and we all know it. The great day of the Lord is nigh. Multitudes, multitudes in the valley of decision. The day of the Lord is near in the valley of decision. The long-suffering of God is waiting in our day like the days of Noah because evil and violence has corrupted the earth. You wonder how long the Lord can hold back his coming. But the Bible says he holds it back. He's waiting for your sons and daughters to come home. He's waiting for some prodigals. He's waiting for some fruit out of the earth. And the Bible says, God says, I want to make you a new sharp threshing instrument. You go and thresh some mountains of satanic resistance. You go and win some souls to Christ. You thresh the harvest. And as a church, God wants to make us into a new sharp threshing instrument. And I pray that we're pliable and prepared in the hands of the Lord. I asked Pastor Mark if I could share this. A couple of weeks ago, we had a baptismal service. And... Mark and Caitlin's son, Clive, who's 11, Deborah and my first grandchild, firstborn grandchild, got baptized. That week he went to school, goes to a public school, wore his no turning back t-shirt a couple days in a row. But Mark noticed on Tuesday morning he had two backpacks. One with his regular school supplies and another backpack with six Bibles in it. Yeah, we give out Bibles at this church for those who want them. Went into his classroom that day and gave out four Bibles. And then somebody, one of the classmates, complained to the teacher. And the teacher came over and said, you can't do that. A little Bible smuggler. I didn't know the nation had come to that, did you? Seems like it did. So he went and took his backpack with the other couple Bibles and went to his locker, but another one of his classmates went with him and wanted the Bible, so he gave it at the locker. And then, and then his father, Pastor Mark, said to him, listen, the teacher said you can't give out Bibles during school. Give them out after school. <laughs> Worship team, come. Give them out after school. Wise as serpents. You've got to meet that devil head on, don't you? Wise as serpents. Harmless as doves. Well, let's stand together tonight. The Lord wants to make us, make you into a new sharp threshing instrument having teeth. Come on, let's thresh some mountains. Are there some mountains in your life tonight? Mountains of defeat, rubble of the past, hills of discontent, 
mountains of demonic aggravation and heaviness. Thresh the mountains tonight. Mountains of anxiety, mounds of fear, mounds of insecurity. Let's thresh some mountains. And I pray this week that we will thresh mountains in our life when that spirit of heaviness, when that attack comes, when that emotion and that feeling starts to come again. Say, not this time. Not this time. I'm going to beat you down. I'm going to thresh you down in the name of the Lord. Because God's promise is sure. His ways are right. And so we thank you tonight, Lord. Who are you, O great mountain? Before your people you will become a plain. And they will go forth and they'll finish the building project of their life and of their family and of the house of God and bring forth the capstone by the grace of God, shouting grace, grace unto it because of the favor of the Lord. Lord, if there's a Ruth in the house tonight, somebody just starting out in the Christian life, coming out of brokenness and hardship and they need the law of the gleaner. Let there be, Lord God, a diligence now, Lord, a new spirit of faith, a new gratitude to walk with you, Lord. Begin to open the eyes, Lord God, to see the handfuls that you drop on purpose as you lead and guide, Lord, this son or daughter of yours. Thank you tonight for the great work of God. Thank you tonight for your great presence in us, Lord. Your word says, Arise and thresh, O daughter of Zion. I will make your horn iron, and I will make your hooves as bronze, and you shall beat in pieces many people. Consecrate the gain of the earth unto the Lord your God. Amen. Amen. Speak to your mountains tonight as we close out. Maybe there's some mountains looming in front of you right now. Speak to them. Mountains of disunity. Mountains of pride. Mountains of difficulty, obstacles and resistances. Let's take a few moments tonight and go against these mountains because Jesus said you got to speak to that mountain. Don't speak about the mountain. Speak to the mountain. Speak to the mountain. And see what God will do in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. If you'd like to come to the altar, like prayer for any need tonight, please slip out from where you are. People will be willing to pray for you and come about you and strengthen your hands in God. But for a few minutes as we close out, let's submit our hearts unto the Lord. Say, Lord, make me a new sharp threshing instrument this week. Strengthen me and use me for your glory. In the name of Jesus, amen.